welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum War. Punch it. Punch it! Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. everybody welcome to episode 20 of punch it my name is charlene schmidt and with me as always is tristan riddell tristan we've been teasing this topic for at least two weeks now because we put it off as a result of me finishing gilmore girls season two we had to tackle that last week and so why don't you tell everybody what we are finally doing we kept it a secret until now this is a topic that I think can ever grow. Can It can grow and grow and grow, and we can constantly do it, and we can revisit it and come back to it, because it is something that is universal in, in the human experience, where everyone has gone to a movie or rented a movie or however you view them, and they have really enjoyed it. And then when you get to the end, you're like, holy crap, that would have been an amazing movie if it wasn't for the ending. <laughs> and sometimes it's greater than others where sometimes an ending can ruin a movie for you. Other times an ending could just have a leave a bad taste in your mouth. Or other times you're just kind of like, oh, that could have been a little bit better. And so what we're talking about is because this is a writing podcast and because this is called Punch It, we're going to punch up some of our favorite movie endings that we hate. I don't know if uh, I want to go that far, Tristan, actually. I, a lot of my selections are not movies that I hate, but maybe it was an off-putting ending, or maybe it was just kind of okay, or maybe there was one little thing that could have just made it that much better. That's kind of where I'm going to come from on these. Well, uh, on my list, there are a few of the endings I hate. Uh, none of these movies I hate, well, except for maybe one. But none of the movies I hate, but some of these endings I do hate. Other ones I'm just kind of like, why? Why did you go there? Why did you do this? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Now, I need to preface our entire podcast by saying I am not nearly as much of a movie buff as you are. I am probably a lot more devoted to watching a lot more television than I am movies. So my movie lexicon is probably a lot more limited let's be honest way more limited than yours so i'm going <laughs> off of what movies i have seen and it's uh not vast we totally should do a tv segment of this topic because yeah. there's tons and tons of tv like series finales we should talk about series finales oh that is what we're gonna do god yes we should oh there's so much we can talk about right there yeah, there we, we go. We need to do that. We need to make that happen for sure. That's yes. happening. Okay, cool. But for today, we're going to talk about movies. So why don't you give me one of these first picks of yours? I would love to know what is an ending that, I don't know, start with one that made you angry and pissed you off. <laughs> let's, get, <laughs> let's, let's, let's go out gangbusters and be angry. Okay, here's one that pissed me off. And this is going to be an unpopular opinion because I actually kind of enjoy this movie. And that's Planet of the Apes, the Tim Burton one. Ooh, okay. Okay, so have you seen the Tim Burton one? No. Okay, all right. You're not really missing any too terribly much. But this was a reboot before reboot was a thing. Mm, okay. When did this come out? 2001. Oh, okay. So that was 16 years ago. So this came out quite a bit ago. I was a, a young lad when I, when I saw it. And 
at the time, I very much liked Tim Burton. I still do. I like his older stuff. I really don't like modern Tim Burton. I really, really don't like modern Tim Burton in the least. Uh, but I was, uh, I was and am a huge Planet of the Apes fan. So when I heard Planet of the Apes and Tim Burton, I was like, this is going to be great. This is going to be a good time. Well, it just turned out that it was a mediocre time. Uh, but I, and the world thought it was a horrible time. And this is a movie that is filled with flaws and some really weird performances. And uh, it's very much kind of weird. And it just, it kind of missed the mark. But it's one of those movies where if it's 11 o'clock at night, you have TNT on, you're like, okay, yeah, no, I could totally watch this film right now. I could watch Mark Wahlberg's heavy breathing for two hours without getting sick of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not sure if I could say the same, but keep going. <laughs> So, like I said, you know, this was a reboot before a reboot was a thing. Like, everyone kept saying it was a it was a remake. And in all the interviews, Tim Burton and Mark Wahlberg and Helena Bonham Carter and everything like that, they kept saying, it's not a remake. We're not following the story of the 1968 original. We are putting our own spin on it. And that's what they did. It followed the same basic framework of an, a proto-astronaut crash landing on a, on a world filled with apes, but, you know, everything like that. But the reason why it's on this list is because the ending. This ending, I, I feel like if they had a better ending, this movie would have gone down in history a little bit better. Maybe even a lot better. Where we could have glossed over the mediocre performances and the plot holes and everything like that. But, so what happens was, is, is that Mark Wahlberg crash lands on a planet. It's ruled by apes. He has no idea how he got there or why the planet is ruled by apes. And it turns out that because of a time warp and time suck and weirdness, his his mothership with the rest of his crew crash landed hundreds of years ago. But from his perspective, it, like from his perspective, it was hundreds of years ago. But from the other people's perspective, it was after he crash landed. And, hmm. and so... He was able to, by the end of the movie, he was able to get into a pod, go back into this time suck nebula, and then crash land on Earth. And when he crash lands on Earth, uh, he crash lands in DC, and then all of a sudden he gets out of his pod, and all of these apes start coming out, like, of the woodwork, and they all look like, they're all dressed like normal people. They're dressed like cops and, you know, like uh, men and women getting groceries, and they're all, like, tourists and everything like that. And so, like, everybody's kind of looking at him like, oh, this is weird. You know, like, what's <laughs> this... What's this human doing outside of a zoo? You know, like that kind of thing. And then he crash lands at the at the Lincoln Memorial. And then he looks up at the Lincoln Memorial. And it's the bad guy from the movie. It's the bad ape. It's mm. the villain. And so what they were trying to say is that this villain took a hundreds of year old crash landed spaceship that was torn to shreds, unsalvageable and centuries old and then learned like an an ape who didn't know what technology or even electricity was he learned how to use this this ship that i just described to you pilot it off of the off of the planet into the atmosphere and into a time suck nebula crash land on earth and then take shit over and (laughs) okay i hate that i had to describe that whole thing to tell you why it sucked because <laughs> I am arguing the believability of apes taking over the world. <laughs> and I hate that Tim Burton may is making me do this. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. But now that I like as I you're going through the narrative, I am angry as well. Like, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, that this kind of sounds like crap. It really does. 
and it was and how i would personally punch it up is like you wouldn't even you wouldn't even really have to change that much like if you wanted to keep that ending that where it's like normal life but yet it's they're all apes but it's still the same time period and everything like that if you wanted to do that like have them crash land and have them be surrounded by ape cops and then roll credits don't show him see the lincoln memorial where it's the bad guy he's been fighting the entire movie because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So take out that one aspect instead of people going, what? That's freaking stupid. That's freaking impossible. It changes it to, whoa, what happened? What changed? How did this go down? I yeah. wonder if we'll get a sequel. Yeah, exactly. Sequel potential right there on top of yeah. it all with right. a better ending. I am in agreement with you, sir, even though I've not seen the movie. <laughs> I don't think I need to ever see the movie, <laughs> but this would at least maybe open the door toward a sequel that may actually be a little better had they gone that route. Right. So sometimes, you know, you have to go through that legwork to go to a better payoff. Maybe this would be one of those instances. So I've been talking a long time. How about you? What's what's on your list? <laughs> okay. The first thing I've got on my list is actually a suggestion from my husband because we talked about this and my husband Patrick was on a few punch-its ago. We talked about Beavis and Butthead and one of his favorite movies is American History X and mm. I'm not going to go through the whole plot like you just did for Planet of the Apes, but if you've not seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> such, such disdain in your voice there. I'm not going to do that whole thing. Well, here's the thing. I mean, if you've not seen American History X, you should just Watch it. It's a very well done movie. I really enjoy it. It is very, it, it's deep and it's emotional and just watch it. It's very well done. So it's quick synopsis is it's this neo-Nazi skinhead. He becomes a former neo-Nazi skinhead and he tries to prevent his younger brother from kind of going down the same wrong path that he did. Basically, and Edward Norton's in it, if you like him. He gives a fantastic performance. And also, Star Trek Connection, Jennifer Lean is in this movie. Yes, she is. She plays the sister. So, what I don't like about this ending is the kid has to get shot. <laughs> and, and yes, I understand why they did it, for the emotional impact. But this is a story of redemption. And seeing that really negates that whole theme. I Would it had not been... Like, I don't know, maybe I'm just wishing for a happy ending here, but maybe it would have happened a little more positively of, of an ending if maybe uh, Derek had saved his brother and then, I don't know, maybe nobody had to be killed is what I'm saying, where mm -hmm. maybe you go out on less of a downer of a note because then it just feels like this is never going to change. It's never going to get better. This guy, he transformed himself, but the cycle just... It's impossible. It's an impossible system to get yourself out of, and you're screwed. Oh, thanks. Well, that's that's fantastic. And I realize that this is very relevant, and a lot of people see this happen in their own lives, or they know people who go through this sort of kind of a cycle. They're deep in it. But yeah, I don't know. When I watch a movie, there is a little bit of escapism for me. I want to be entertained, yes, and I have to be in the right mood for drama. If I'm not in the right mood, I don't watch a movie like this because I want to laugh. And I want to unplug a little bit and forget reality. So yeah, I was going to say, I really, if you're looking for laughs, I don't think American History X is the one for you. No, this is not the movie you should be watching. So when my husband brought that up, I thought, yeah, you know, there's a couple of ways they could have spin that, and it could have been, it could have been maybe just a little more optimistic and hopeful 
And maybe that would have been better. Maybe it wouldn't have. I have a feeling a lot of people will disagree with me on it. That's fine. Maybe the movie is perfect as it is. But I'm throwing this out there because maybe I would have enjoyed a slightly happier ending myself. I actually have a subsection of a list where it's movies that I think the endings are great. Uh huh. But they end on a note that I wish they didn't. Mm. It, it because it's <laughs> I I battle with myself because a, a lot of these movies end on a downer. And I think it's appropriate for the movie, and I think it's good for the movie, but at the same time, I'm like, come on. Like, couldn't you just give us a little bit of joy at the end? You know, right. The, things like that. One where... little glimmer, please. And for those of you who haven't figured it out so far, uh, since this is a, a podcast episode about movie endings, we're kind of going into spoiler territory for movies you haven't seen. Yeah, that's kind of a given. It has to happen. Sorry, guys. So if you hear a movie title and you don't want to know the ending, just skip ahead a couple of minutes. Yeah. So just real quick, and I, I won't go long on these, but uh, Last of the Mohicans, have you seen that film? No, I've not seen it. I know I should have. Uh, you should, like, out of all of these, Last of the Mohicans is one that, for some reason, it falls on deaf ears whenever I say, like, hey, have you seen it? Everyone always says no. This is a Michael Mann film, and it's a, it's, it is a beautifully done film. Like, I, like, just talking about it gets me excited about this film. And... It is so utterly well done. Uh, Michael Mann directed it, and it's when Michael Mann still knew how to make movies. And so it's it's something that I hold on to because it's one of those last films where I'm like, oh, thank you, Michael Mann. Thank you, old Michael Mann. And the ending, and I'm about to ruin it for everybody. Actually, you know what? Because you haven't seen it, I don't want to ruin the ending. Oh, go ahead. Chances are I'm not going to see it tomorrow, so go ahead. Okay, well, what happens is, is that a certain tribe of Native Americans is chasing after another tribe of Native Americans. And the tribe that's running away kidnapped uh, one of their daughters. And so they're, they're going after trying to rescue these, these people and we're going towards the end and it's all like, it's the music is just churning out. We're going towards the end. It's super dramatic. Some of it's in slow motion, not a lot of talking, just music, just action killing. And <laughs> And then the daughter who's captive is over a cliff and a waterfall. And she just stares at these Native Americans and they're looking at her like, come on, come back, come back. You know, like just they're not they don't speak the same language. They're just kind of motioning for her to come back. She realizes that this is the end for her, that they're going to take her to a fate worse than death. And so she jumps. OK. And commits suicide. And her sister sees it happen. And screams oh. at her to, to say stop. Wow. And that happens right before the rescue party comes oh, and saves wow. the day. Oh, what a downer. And like right now, I'm just getting chills talking about it. Because that's the thing is that it is so emotional. It is so well done. And it, it's just an absolute gut punch. But at the end of the movie, every single time I watch it, I hope it turns out differently. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love that? You know it's, it's not going to happen, but deep down inside, there's still hope. And I don't know what it is about human nature that wants that and longs for it and makes it exist to some extent. But it's there. We're so strange. It's it's true. And, and Life Aquatic is the same way. There's a death at the end. And you're just like, why? Did that really need to happen? I mean, like, yeah, it's, it matches the tone of the film, but you're like come on like it ends on a happy note but i was like i would be even happier if that person didn't die yeah but yeah yeah eh. well i don't know if this is a happier film maybe 
toward the end, but th- this has some highs and lows. I want to talk about It's a Wonderful Life. That's my <laughs> next pick. If you have not seen this movie, where are you around Christmas time? They play it every single freaking year on the major networks of TV. Plus, we have mm-hmm. it on DVD and v- VHS. It's one of our traditions, actually. Around Christmas time, we watch It's a Wonderful Life every year. So just a very quick refresher on It's a Wonderful Life and what it's about. It is where an angel is sent from heaven. He is sent to help a very frustrated businessman. His last name is Bailey. And uh, the angel is going to show him what life would have been like if he had never existed. And so this has become a trope, actually, (laughs) where a lot of things have done this sort of thing now. But anyway, this was kind of the whole genesis. Genesis! Of where that came from, and you've got James Stewart in there, Donna Reed, lots of classic, classic people. And so anyway, the ending. What would have made this so much better, in my opinion, is maybe if the town residents had gone after Mr. Potter, the horrible guy who took Bailey's $8,000, and got a little bit of revenge. <laughs> what? I know, I know, this is not very typical of movie making, especially of the 1940s, but if for whatever reason, maybe we were to do a 2017 remake, Potter basically stole Bailey's money, and so this is the reason why Bailey is in trouble, so I would have loved it if that old, horrible man had just finally gotten his, because he gets away with everything, or like, if he could have just collapsed and like, died you fell over on just somehow made the world a better place by getting his finally you know i i don't know i would have really wanted to have seen though the town residents just in some angry mob just beating the bejesus out of him and getting that eight thousand dollars and bringing it back to its rightful owner that is very much a 2017 mentality yes Um, yes i'm aware i think i don't know i don't think i like that because it betrays the tone of the piece of love and forgiveness and realizing that not everything is about money and you know friends helping each other and it's not about revenge it's not about <laughs> getting what's coming to you it's it's it is it's about the lighter things in life it's about it's about like i said it's about love and okay so- well here's here's i think the difference i agree that mr bailey would never do that but the townspeople oh no they can get angry they can get demanding and they can get a little pushy i could see them doing it even if it's not done by Bailey, if it's not by, done by George, I still think it's still the piece. It's still the film that gives you this. Think about it this way. He hears the bell ring and he's like, oh, Clarence. You know, like, oh, you know, like everybody, everybody's excited. Like, right. every, like the whole town is there. Boy, Clarence. And they say, that a boy, you know, and just like everybody's excited. And, you know, like he's hugging his daughter. He's hugging his family. There's kisses. And then then all of a sudden the the friends in his house just go, you know what? Let's go kill Potter, you know, and then they raise their torches and then run out the door that no, 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 not like that. Not like that. I think it would be a very subtle, like a very quick cut even of the townspeople, like maybe raiding Potter's place. He's got like the bag of $8,000 on his desk or something. Somebody goes in, they snatch it and they see it. They go to there to confront him, but then somebody grabs it and just oh so quietly puts it back on Bailey's desk. Oh, well, that, yo, that's different. Yeah, I guess I'm not insinuating maybe that Potter doesn't have to die or get even really shattered and beaten up, but I just want to see things end perfectly right. What's funny and what I always thought was interesting is that if this movie, since we're talking about today, if this movie was made today, 
it wouldn't be Potter not giving the loans that uh, would get him in trouble. It's Potter mm-hmm. giving the loans to people who couldn't afford them. It, yes, it absolutely would. That's it true. It is so funny because in the era of It's a Wonderful Life, the banker is the mean old villain who doesn't give out the loan. And you're like, you're right. a bastard, Potter, because you won't give out the loan and help the townspeople or help Bailey. And then you go to the 2010s, you have the big short where they're like, you're a bastard, big banking. Yeah, I can't believe you gave out loans to people who couldn't afford them. How dare you? Right. And then when the housing bubble bursts and people can't pay off their variable rate mortgage, what now? Yeah, like Potter just raises from the grade. Ha ha, told you, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) That is the 2017 remake right there. There you go. All right, let's move on. Oh, man. Okay, what's your next pick? Okay, my next one is a very, very, very simple solution. Okay, this fixes the ending, but this by no means fixes the train wreck of a movie that was Star Trek Into Darkness. Ooh, okay, do tell. I did not like Star Trek Into Darkness. I have gotten to the point where my disappointment has subsided, where I can now watch it when I do my marathon of J.J. Abrams movies. I can watch it because I like those characters, and I like the universe, and I like being in that universe, but I still don't think it's a good movie. And I don't like how it's a ripoff of Khan. Yes, agreed. At all. At all. And I don't like that Benedict Cumberbatch was made Khan. And so one thing that many people thought of, like, this is not original idea. I like this was the first idea that popped in my head when I saw the movie. But this is by no means my idea because I've heard it echoed all over the Internet is that when we see at the very end, when we see that chamber of all the supermen frozen and Khan himself, the camera pans over and then jibs down and we see Benedict Cumberbatch frozen. What would be even better is if we see Benedict Cumberbatch frozen and then the camera just shifts a little bit to the right and we see someone who looks like the original Khan. And we're like, holy crap, he wasn't Khan at all. He was one of his minions and he was just saying that his name was Khan to throw him off their guard. Right. You have told me this theory before in the past. Yes. And this, while it would not have made it It wouldn't have changed that much about the movie, but I think it might have improved my opinion of it just a tiny bit. That said, I'm really glad Star Trek Beyond did not continue this thread. I think they kind of learned from their mistakes where, oh, okay, the con thing didn't go over so well. Let's just pretend like that didn't happen. Oh, yeah. Totally cool with that because I was not a big fan of that at all, especially with all of the stupid ways they handled that, where, oh, his name is John Harrison, it's not uh, Khan, la la. No, you weren't fooling anybody, please stop. Ugh, so, so bad, so bad. Yeah, no. All right, what's next on your list? All right, well, my next one is Castaway with Tom Hanks, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> why are you laughing? I don't know, I don't know why, because I remember, wa- I remember watching a movie, and just kind of going, huh. And then, like, the credits roll. It's like, to me, it's a movie without an ending. Well, it is a very weird ending. It really is. I mean, things really slow down. It's very clear that everybody's moved on with their life. And then it's just like, oh, okay. That's it. That That's the movie. We're done. That's it. That's done. Yeah. Yeah. 
So if you've not watched Castaway, quick, quick thing is uh, from IMDb. It says a FedEx executive must transform himself physically and emotionally to survive a crash landing on a deserted island. Tom Hanks lives on an island all by himself for a while with he and his pal Wilson, which is a volleyball, and a few shipments of packages that he has. That's about it. What I would do with the ending of the movie is one thing that actually did happen. I hope this isn't too much of a cop out. But I don't know if you remember, this was a long time back. I mean, this movie came out in 2000. In 2003, FedEx actually did a Super Bowl commercial where they kind of spoofed the movie a little bit, where um, there was that one package that Tom Hanks' character did not open up. Mm -hmm. And inside the package was, it was like a phone, a GPS locator, a fishing rod, (laughs) um, a water purifier, and, you know, things he could have actually used on the island while he was stranded there by himself. And it was the one package he didn't actually open. And I would have loved to have seen that somehow actually included in the movie because maybe he opens that up at the very end or something like, okay, I've had this with me this whole time. I've got to know what was in this darn thing. Or he delivers it to the person that it's intended for and he or she opens it up and he's just like, are you effing kidding me? Roll credits. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. That would have been so much better. And then we would have actually had a little more of an ending. So that commercial was brilliant and I want to see it actually integrated into the movie. Well, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's better. I think it's hilarious. I don't think that's (laughs) a better ending for the actual movie. I mean, come on, that would completely betray the tone. Oh, but well, yeah, I mean it's not a funny movie, really. There's maybe like what two maybe three really kind of laugh out loud comedic moments but it's a pretty serious movie Mm -hmm. even so i feel like that would have wrapped it up so much better than what we got that one little thing all you'd have to do is maybe like two minutes tops add that on there maybe even roll it with the credits as in like like an epilogue you don't even have to have it as a part of the movie then it sounds more like an mtv movie awards spoof than anything else (laughs) Come on, man. Oh, you can you cannot you cannot argue this and say that this would make a, a a legitimate good ending to this film that was actually released in 2000. Come on. Oh. I'm no, not saying I, it's I, not I, cool. I think it's I think it's hilarious. I think it's awesome. I mean, like I was grinning ear to ear when you described it to me, but if for that to be the actual literal ending to that journey that we took with Tom Hanks, that would feel worse to me than the ending that we got Mm. that would that would feel like it was undercutting everything that we saw before okay i see your point because they do kind of leave him like okay the slate is clean now your past is sort of resolved and now you're on your own you're moving on yeah i can see how it would ruin that it would invalidate the struggle i suppose so like say that you watched it again and the entire time when he's struggling to survive You'd be screaming, just open the package. Like there's, you're like, there's a flare gun. There's this, there's that. And so it makes everything he does stupid in the film. (laughs) That's true. And you know what? I have not watched this film probably since the early 2000s. So, okay. With this sort of hindsight, maybe I can take this one back. But still, (laughs) I still remember that freaking commercial. So that's how powerful it was. That's how good it was. I just thought that was like a, like a really cute way to promote FedEx since FedEx was in the movie. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Synergy. They did a great job. Yeah, totally. All right. So what's your next one? 
this I want to give two real quick because this first one is it's not so much I have an idea of oh you should change this you should edit this you could you could reshoot this ending it's Lord of the Rings Return of the King okay and no I did not watch it because uh, I don't know I've I've told you this but one of the downsides to watching the very first one the reason why I gave up on Lord of the Rings is after I watched the first movie in the theaters in a horrible theater with awful seats my rear end hurts so bad I swore it off like I cannot go through that again no matter how good it is I feel like we've talked about this before oh no we talked about this in the nerd party chat that's where we talked about it we talked about okay We talked about the Lord of the Rings, and everyone was like, Char, what the friggin' hell? You haven't seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy? You're a nerd, and you haven't seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And I kept saying, Char, you have a bed. You have a sofa. It's better than a movie theater seat. But that would mean I'd have to watch another six hours of Lord of the Rings, and uh, not right now. No. Well, okay, my point kind of goes to yours. By saying the return of the king has one of the longest quadruple endings that I've ever seen. Right when you think it's over, you're like, oh, we're going for another five to ten minutes. And then you're like, oh, okay, now it's over. Nope, three more minutes. No, no, okay, th- so this has to be the ending. Nope, F you, we got five more minutes on top of that. Oh, God, that sounds awful. It is crazy. It's a, it is well past the falling action. It's well past the denouement. And we're going into epilogue territory. We're just like, I need to leave this godforsaken theater. And if I don't leave right now, I am taking everyone with me. <laughs> well, okay. You're convincing me not to watch Lord of the Rings. You realize this, right? But I love the second one. The second one is my favorite. And Return of the King is a good movie. It's just, it was an exercise in elven masturbation it was crazy like it was just over it was was so over the top and so like they it needed more rounds of editing and return of the king it's an oscar winner i mean it's come on i mean they're all oscar winners but it just it could have been so much more enjoyable if they shortened the ending to what a normal human would enjoy and so that's all that i'm saying is just shorten it just cut it down just stop making everything drawn out so you take out the elves masturbating, and then you've yes. got a good movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I wish I could put that as the name of the episode. <laughs> so, yeah. So that that's my thing with Return of the King. Nothing special. Just shorten the godforsaken ending. And uh, then on my next one is Devil's Advocate, the movie. I'm not going to be surprised if you haven't seen this one. Then good. You won't be surprised. I've not seen it. <laughs> okay. There you go. Uh, it's another one that you should see. Again, I'm going to ruin the ending for you. It has uh, Keanu Reeves, Charlize Theron, and Al Pacino in it. And they all give fantastic performances. And Al Pacino is the senior partner of a law firm in New York. And Keanu Reeves is a small-time Southern lawyer who grabs his attention. And so he hires him and he moves him and his wife to New York. And they're living their life. They have a great apartment. They're meeting great friends. They're going to big parties. And it turns out... That Al Pacino is the literal devil. Okay. He's not like some evil lawyer who like screws over the little guy. He is Lucifer, Beelzebub, the Prince of Darkness. He was the one who God kicked out of heaven. That is who Al Pacino is playing. Okay. And so the movie is filled with mysticism and spirituality and superstition and everything like that. And the the Christian mythos. Uh Uh-huh. And so I find that stuff fascinating. I'm a Christian, and I love seeing that stuff on film. I love it when they take the most mythic and epic stuff 
from the Bible, like the dragons with the seven heads. I love that stuff. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> and the ending is, I, I'm going to ruin the end. I, I hate that I'm ruining this ending Ruin the ending. I'm probably not going to watch this anytime soon. So it turns out that Keanu Reeves is actually the son of the devil. And, mm. and so Al Pacino is trying to convince him. Hey, he's like, hey, join me. We're going to rule the world because I need my spawn to help me to rule the world. And Keanu Reeves is faced with the choice of, do I serve in heaven or do I reign in hell? You know, like, what do I do? And so right. he shoots himself in the head and commits suicide. Oh, wow. And then all of a sudden you see Al Pacino just like scream to the heavens. There's fire everywhere. His <laughs> wings come out and it's like, ah, it's so cool. And then I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm about to see credits. But instead we get a like a zoom out effect. And we're back to the beginning of the movie where Keanu Reeves is at his first trial and so none of it ever happened. What? Yeah, none of it ever happened. And then he does things a little bit differently. And so his life goes into a different trajectory. And then at the very ending, a guy, like a guy tries to convince him that like, oh man, I can make you famous. You're like, it'll be awesome. Like the way that you turned out this trial, it's going to be crazy. He's like, he's like, okay, maybe. And then that guy morphs into Al Pacino and he's like, huh, huh? And winks at the camera. Okay. And so you have this incredibly deep, dramatic, mythic, powerful performance and great monologues in this movie of death and sex and suicide and demons and fire and pain. And then you end it with a wink to the camera and where the whole thing is invalidated. And I'm just like, oh, my God, screw you. <laughs> well, for one thing, that sounds a little confusing and a little invalidating. Yeah, but then. Absolutely. Basically, this breaks down to it's Groundhog Day with the devil. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, a little. That's how it feels. You're just like, oh man, what? Yeah, that's how I feel right now. Is oh. It is a great movie in spite of its ending. So, would you punch it up? How would you do it different? You have any ideas? I would end with a suicide. Leave it on a gut punch. Oh, okay. Where uh, it's like show it where he's dead, but have a little bit of an epilogue where some good came from it where he's dead his wife is dead but the devil didn't win and then like we see his mother grieving but yet somehow it causes some sort of hope where maybe things aren't that bad in the world so end with the suicide but show some hope that it did some good okay yeah i could totally go with that and then you've got a complete ending you have a movie and that way it didn't erase the entire movie yeah, because I hate it when movies do that. I hate it when TV does it too, where you just erase everything that you just saw. It didn't happen. la di da di da moving on, nothing left to see. Yeah, good oh. thing we didn't have a Voyager podcast for four years. <laughs> now, what could you possibly be referring to? <laughs> <laughs> they never did that. Come on. <laughs> All right, should we do one more each? Sure, I just thought of one, and this is a very small thing, but I'll, I'll go with it because I like this one. Please tell me that in your childhood, at some point, you watched Muppets Take Manhattan. I did, but the problem is, is that I haven't seen it since I was a child. Okay, yeah, I watched it maybe a few years ago, but prior to that, it was definitely early childhood. So I've not watched it a whole lot myself. But it has always bothered me that Kermit got tricked into getting married by Miss Piggy. <laughs> that ain't right! <laughs> and I, I really, like, really, like, my respect for Miss Piggy, like, just, no, that is morally wrong and awful, and what a horrible thing to do to somebody. You don't do that to somebody you love, Miss Piggy. That's not sending a good message to the kids. That's true. 
I can't argue with that. So I would cut th- I would cut all of that out and then maybe at the very end there's a ring involved and we don't know maybe yes or no even. We don't even have to go there but getting tricked into getting married. Ouch. Yeah. Awful. I really love the movie with that exception. Just remove that and I'm good. So you would end with maybe a consensual wedding or maybe just an engagement or an inference of something? Yeah, like maybe uh, through the course of the movie, you know, maybe he realize maybe Kermit realizes that he really does love Miss Piggy, and then at the end, maybe there's a ring involved. But I, I don't really need anything. I don't need any resolution of their relationship whatsoever, to be honest. I feel like Piggy was being really pushy about it for one thing, and it just takes away from everything else. But it's certainly not that at all. <laughs> okay, I got you. Yeah, I can totally get on board with that. It's hard not to get on board with that. yeah so that's a real quick one but uh what's your last one for my last one this one is a little bit controversial in the uh film community okay this wasn't that big of a hit but it's raised a lot of discussion that's i am legend with will smith okay i have not seen it surprise oh my god that is how okay i think the only one that you've seen is Star Trek Into Darkness out of everything that I've listed. <laughs> and nobody is surprised by that at all. So I just just to review, uh, I, <laughs> I talked uh, about look. Life Aquatic, Last of the Mohicans, Return of the King, Planet of the Apes, Devil's Advocate, <laughs> and now I am Legend. That's, 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 that's six. Dude, I came into this podcast with a very clear disclaimer. It should not surprise anybody, especially you, how uncultured I am with film, cinema... All of that. I just, I don't go to the movies. I'm a TV girl. I do love that you're, you you admitted that, and then your last pick is Muppets Take Manhattan. What of it? <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. I mean, it could have been Weekend at Bernie's. What more do you want out of me? Oh, that I, I am happy that it's not Weekend at Bernie's, but I actually have the Muppet. I just, I bought the Muppet box set on Blu-ray. I have all of them. So, like, I'm giving you a nice. hard time because I love them, so... Oh, yeah. I mean, we're definitely, Patrick and I, we love the Muppets. Patrick has really gotten me into things like the Muppet Show. We got the DVDs of that. We've been watching all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. I Am Legend, Will Smith, and it's a movie where they try to cure cancer, and they end up curing cancer. Wow. But there's a nasty side effect of turning everyone, like a, a tenth of the population, into a zombie vampire. (laughs) <laughs> so so that sucks yeah <laughs> yes and so, so we're seeing will smith in that post-apocalyptic future he's on manhattan he's the last soul the last unaffected soul in manhattan and he doesn't know why like he helped design the cure and so he's trying to find the like the cure for cancer now he's trying to find the cure for the cure to cancer and so he's a scientist he's also i can't remember if he's an army or a marine i can't i think he's in the army and so he knows how to take care of himself. He's proficient with weapons, but he's also super smart. He's a scientist. And so it's him and his dog just trying to live and survive and stay in the house at nighttime because that's when the monsters come out because they burn their, their skin in the sun. And uh, they're just animals. They're animalistic. And they're basically like zombies, like I said. And so the end of the movie culminates with him in his basement. The, all the zombies find out where he lives and start like trying to break into his house. And he develops, like, he has a test subject in his basement. And he sees that one of his latest methods worked. 
she actually started to grow hair back. She started to get some of her color back. So she, he's starting to cure her. He's like, oh, fantastic. I found a cure. So he gives the cure to another survivor. It doesn't matter how she got there. But he gives a cure to another survivor to say like, hey, take this to the last human colony. They'll know what to do with it. We'll be able to bring civilization back. And she hides in an old coal shaft. And then he takes a grenade and then runs into the zombies and blows himself up and blows up the zombies so that they can get away. So he sacrifices himself so they can get away and they get away and then go to the colony and then give the cure. Okay. So a lot of people didn't like this ending. And I don't know why. I I don't know why people didn't really like this ending. I was fine with it. But at the same time, I was just kind of like, oh, I would have really liked it if Will Smith survived. I think that would have been cool. I mean, I know that self-sacrifice is a big theme in film. uh, Oh, sure. But I think I could have gotten the same effect with him surviving. Yeah. That's sort of what I was thinking as you were going through this is you could spin probably several endings, some of them maybe a little more happy and optimistic with the hero still alive. Yeah, I'm of the the thought where the hero doesn't always have to die. Sometimes self-sacrifice is nice and good and makes for a great film, but I feel like sometimes it might be overused. Well, what happened was is that they actually filmed that ending. Oh, okay. They filmed him surviving and they didn't go with that ending. I can't remember why. I don't think it tested well or the studios didn't like it or something like that. But Hmm. it's heralded among critics and bloggers and the internet as the superior ending. But there are things in it that I didn't quite like. Because what happens was, is that it's the same type of ending. He has the the woman who's the the test subject and the cure is kind of working. And then what happens is, is that Will Smith has this realization where he's like, oh my goodness, I'm a horrible person. These are real people. These are living people. I've been killing them. I've been testing on them. And they're still alive. They just have a disease. I shouldn't be doing that. And so he hands the woman back to the zombie horde. And then the zombie horde dispenses. And then he escapes with the other woman survivor. And and then that's the ending. And hmm. so I don't like that at all. Because I feel like sometimes we can get a little too touchy-feely with our monster movies and our artificial intelligence and with our holograms and with robots and everything like that, where there are certain times where sometimes, no, they're not people. Okay. Sometimes like, no, (laughs) they don't have a soul. Sometimes a hologram is just a hologram. Sometimes an Android is just an Android. Sometimes a zombie is a zombie. And if I had a disease where I was mindless and grotesque, couldn't go out into the daylight, I did not have my individuality anymore. I'd be fine with you taking me out. And I would not need the hero of the situation to have the moral ambiguity of, what have I done? Oh my God, what have I done? (laughs) And so Uh basically I want to combine the two endings and say he survives, he kills the zombie horde just to get away uh, with a grenade, but he takes the cure and he goes to the human colony and then civilization begins again. That's what I would do. Yeah, that sounds perfect. I really like that. It is a nice little hybrid of both ideas and ultimately, I think it makes them both a little better. Well, I appreciate that because I think so too. But you should, even though you know the ending, you should see the movie because it's a good ride. And one of these days, like I always say, <laughs> I'll get around to it sometime. I know you're lying, but that's okay. Oh, come on. I try. I try. It's just when you get 50 recommendations to see a movie practically every day, <laughs> it's just, you can't keep up with that. There's just way too much media out there to consume. 
Well, as always, and what I say to you every single time, you need to put my recommendations at the top of this list. Yes, yes, I know. You get top priority. It's Thank yes, you. that's Thank that's you. done. Don't worry. <laughs> well, that's our show, everyone. That it is. So with all of that, uh, I want to remind everybody, if you like what we do here, we would love an iTunes review. We could desperately use some new reviews. And if you give us five stars and write us a review in the iTunes store, we'll give you a shout out on the show. We will call you by name and say thank you. And if you're outside the U.S., please let us know if you do this in a non-U.S. iTunes store because it's a real pain to check through each country's iTunes and, of course, us being lazy Americans, we check the U.S. store. And so let us know if you write a review in another store. We will give you a shout out as well. And you can do that by going to thenerdparty.com slash contact and selecting punch it from the drop down menu, fill out the form and emails. And also, if you wanted to talk about something, if you have a topic idea where you're just like, hey, Shar and Tristan, you should talk about this or you should punch this up or whatever you can do that as well you can also find us on twitter you can find the show the you can find the network twitter at join nerd party you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash the nerd party and you can find out all of our other shows by going to the nerdparty.com and you can also find us personally on twitter you can find me at the insane robin and you can find me at oh the profanity well we finally tackled this topic. It took us a little while because of diversions, but it is done. We'll have to revisit it, and we'll also have to tackle TV sometime in the future. And I cannot wait to do that because sometime in the future, we will, as always, punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.